0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data. Well, today we're going to do what we haven't done in quite a while. We're going to bring back a little something something. Um, We're going to look at the All-22. It's been a few weeks since we've done this. Uh, We've got a long week. It's a lot of work, but um, we have the time. So we can do two days worth, because it usually takes me probably over two hours to do this. Um, I would say I'll try to be concise, but I don't think I will. Uh, It's good to be as thorough as possible. And it'll be nice because I haven't done this in a few weeks. And I was starting to see the same things over and over again. And kind of a lot has changed. And maybe some other things have or haven't changed. For example, Kenny Clark, last time we did this, was an absolute unstoppable wrecking ball force every single down, every single play. Quay Walker drove me absolutely insane. Kenny has fallen off a cliff and Quay has become quite a decent player, right? So um, it's also nice just to kind of formulate some opinions that maybe some other people don't have or haven't really thought of or whatever. I'm going to try to also incorporate a grading system that in my opinion is more fan friendly than PFF. Usually when I try to do this, it's, um, I end up hating myself for even bothering because it takes so much time and it, it just annoys me. And I'm like, I wish I hadn't done this, but I do want to do it. And I've decided to make a couple tweaks to what I was doing before where in the past, my sort of grading system was just X's on a spreadsheet. That is positive and negative. There were two separate pages. And if you, if you were a part of the reason that a play was positive, you got an X on the positive side. If you were part of the reason the play was negative, you got an X and a neg- And then I just added it all up. That, of course, doesn't differentiate between somewhat contributing and massively contributing. Now, I thought about doing a larger scale because I've always said PFF doesn't work for fans because it's such a small scale and it's all about consistency. However, I'm ruling out plays. This isn't an every play grading thing. This is you made an impact. So there will be differentiation but i don't want to get too crazy with it i was thinking about making it like a five point scale or something there's no reason for that so it'll be two points on either side you impacted the play positively you impacted the play majorly maybe there'll be a three if you you know for like a pick six or a big touchdown reception or something like that there probably has to be because if somebody like rudy ford the other day with the the two picks if he doesn't end up with the highest grade in, in the history of the universe everyone's going to call me an idiot but anyways, I'll talk through all of it anyways. I don't think there's any threes in this game to begin with. I mean, there were touchdown passes, but, you know, whatever. I'm also not going to do special teams because that really kind of confuses everything. Although if I feel the need to comment on it, I will. But I'll probably just be skipping through special teams for the sake of saving myself some time and um, and headache and work and everything else. Does that all make sense and sound good to everyone? And I'm, I, I really do apologize for... Um, the Substack being kind of empty, I'm planning on utilizing this a lot. In fact, um, today is going to be a long day. I've planned on today being a long day and doing a lot of work. Part of that work is pausing doing the podcast so that I can take uh, snippets of this and putting it over on Substack so that I can have a really long, or at least a couple articles or whatever, kind of indicating you know the the, the grades and and all that stuff. But we'll we'll see how she goes here. I don't know. I don't exactly know how it's going to go. We're just going to go with the flow. So Titans obviously getting the ball first. As per usual, there's a penalty. So whatever, it's on the Titans. They have to go backwards. So the first play is an incompletion, but I want to, uh, and again, I'm only going to highlight, well, I don't know what I'm going to do. See, because here, here's the situation. First play is an incompletion. You know why? Not because of anything we did, but because Tannehill's an idiot. Traylon Burks is in man coverage. This is exactly what fans want, man-to-man coverage with Jair Alexander. Guess what happens? Traylon Burks absolutely cooks him. This was an easy 20-25 yard completion. Instead, he throws it underneath, tries to challenge Quay Walker. I could give Quay Walker credit, but to be completely honest, the only reason this wasn't completed, if you give Quay Walker credit, is because Quay Walker held him. If he doesn't hold him, then he's open and he catches it. So if we're saying it's not a hold, then he wasn't impeded, then it's just an incompletion because Tannehill missed him. So I cannot give a positive to anybody. The question is, should I massively dock Jair Alexander? It wouldn't be massive. I guess it would just be a minus one. I think I'm going to, because that's glaring. Since he didn't catch it, we'll just call it a minus one. Actually, I only need one sheet for this, now that I'm doing pluses and minuses and whatnot. So it's funny because there were no real positives on this play. There's no pressure. The coverage wasn't necessarily very good. In my estimation, two guys got open, one got held, and the other one he didn't throw to. We got away with a penalty, and Tannehill made a bad decision and kind of a bad throw. Still a positive for us. Not going to dock Quay because, hey, you know, know, whatever. And again, maybe it's not really a penalty, whatever, but he's definitely not getting credit for that because, again, at best, it was just a bad throw. Next play is a three-yard run on uh, second and 10. I'm going to call that an unsuccessful play, primarily due to Kenny Clark. He didn't make the tackle, but the very clear gap he's trying to run through gets collapsed instantly by Kenny. Uh, Jaron Reed and it's a complete mess and it's hard to actually get to Derrick Henry because there's there's Tennessee bodies everywhere. But uh, Jaron Reed and Quay Walker do their best to kind of come in and close the gap. I'm not going to overthink it. I'm just going to evenly distribute one point each to each of those guys for for being the ones that shut that down. Actually, that first play wasn't Burks. That was number two, whoever that is, because this play is to Burks. This was a massive play and it was just a, it's just Keyshawn Nixon got absolutely torched is the bottom line. So that's a clear minus two because the pass was for uh, 43 yards. Traylon Burks just flat out beat him in a foot race. And again, the reason I keep kind of harping on it when it happens is to illustrate that it's not as easy as the zone sucks and the man is great. Jair got crushed in man coverage and now Keyshawn Nixon just got absolutely obliterated in man coverage. Zone prevents theoretically, a situation where a guy can just win down the field in the foot race. You're covering a lot of ground. There are a lot of flaws with it, especially when you're playing soft and off on, you know, second and 10, you give up eight. I'm just, I just want to illustrate that it's not a fix-all to just say, why don't we just play man across the board and let Jair shut down the best player? Well, number one, some of the other guys aren't Jair. And number two, Jair's getting beat. This idea that we have as Packer fans that Jair is just going to shut everybody down. It's just fake. I don't even know who number two is. Robert Woods. Next play, Derrick Henry rumbles ahead for nine yards. Looks like Jaron Reed's being held a little bit, but ultimately that is on him. Secondarily would be Chris Barnes who got blocked out of there. Quay Walker also got reached. Next play is just a three-yard screen pass to Derrick Henry, but they only needed one because of that nine-yard run. So um, technically a negative play. However, I do want to highlight Adrian Amos who came in like a missile. It was a screen pass. He blew up one of the blockers and knocked him straight back into Derrick Henry. Didn't make the tackle, but gave him enough gave our guys enough time, Kenny Clark in particular, to come up and catch him from behind. So not a positive play, but I am going to give uh, Amos a little bit of credit for that. This next play is actually pretty awesome. It's a three-yard run by Derrick Henry, and it feels like just about every single Packer won. Now, Dean Lowry gets kind of embarrassed, and I'd be tempted to give him a minus one because he could have caught him behind the line of scrimmage, got stiff-armed in the chest, and knocked back. But the only reason... Derrick Henry has to bounce it where he does to begin with is because of Dean Lowry. But even if you just freeze frame this, you've got number two, who we've already established as Woods, trying to get up and reach. It looks like that's Savage. And Savage just makes him look stupid. Chris Barnes, the offensive lineman, tries to reach him and can't, which is very rare for the Green Bay Packers. I very rarely see our linebackers moving in any direction fast enough so that the offensive line can't get there. And you're just seeing Tennessee bodies laying all over the place just diving and trying to reach our guys. Uh, Because of Dean, again, he gets stiff-armed, but uh, Derrick Henry has to bounce it outside, and because none of our guys get blocked, you got Razul coming in like a missile. You got Savage, who got off his block, and you got Barnes coming, and then you got Dean coming from behind after getting stiff-armed to the ground. But it's Barnes, Savage, and Razul that uh, come up and make the play. Uh, Dean, I'm going to call a wash. No, you know what? I'm not going to do that. He was a part of what made this what it is. So Dean, Barnes, Razul, and Savage are all going to get positives on this. Next play on second and seven is a quick, nice little eight-yard pass to Austin Hooper. Isaiah McDuffie seemed like he was in zone coverage, but that was his area, and uh, he just got beat. And I'll be honest, it's tough to know who was supposed to go there because there's just not enough bodies. Um, Generally, when it's the guy out of the backfield that comes out, it's, it's going to be Quay Walker. But they've got Traylon Burks coming across the middle of the field, and Quay is the only guy in the middle of the field. Jair appears to be in man coverage on 15. He could say McDuffie because that's his kind of assignment, I guess. But he's got two guys there. So unless he's supposed to take the deeper guy and just we just leave the, the shallower guy there, I don't know. This could be on McDuffie again. This would be a, a Sam Holman question, I guess. I am leaning toward McDuffie. He, he seems to think he made a really good read by, by diving for that guy coming out in the flat and just misses the running back going behind his back. I hate to massively dock him for this because I'm not positive. I just don't know, other than um, maybe Rudy Ford is supposed to dive from deep and close in on him. But Rudy Ford does that and doesn't get there. If that's the design of the defense, that was doomed to fail because, I mean, he, he kind of, I mean, he could have maybe a, a couple, a second or two faster identified it, maybe. But it seems weird for the lone deep safety to abandon the deep middle of the, of the, the end zone for a running back slipping out of the backfield. I mean, if he, what if he runs into the flat? He's supposed to come all the way down for that? I have to think. I don't know who else it could be. And it, to say it's Quay doesn't make sense because Quay is to the opposite side of McDuffie. And again, he's, he's the lone guy in the middle coming, you know, carrying across the guy. It has to be McDuffie. Anyways, I'm going to be super annoying in our Discord chat and drop a bunch of videos in there every time I'm not sure. But for now, McDuffie's getting a minus two until until I can confirm otherwise. But the offense is on the field now, and the first play right out of the gate it goes to Aaron Jones for minus five yards. I'm sorry, minus one yard. The next play is five yards. I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself here. And it appears to me the entire middle of our offensive line just gets beat. Um, Elton Jenkins ends up on his face in about one second. And essentially what you have is Myers and Runyon, uh, they, they're on a double team, which is great, right? Two on one, they're doing great. But as soon as he dis- disengages to pick up the other rusher, that is Runyon. Myers loses it, right? The double team is like, I'm going to help you for a minute. All right, you got it. I got to go. And as soon as he lets go, he's like, nope, I don't got it. And Runyon goes over to try to pick up the other guy, and he gets beat. So across the board, all three of these guys just get whooped on. Although I might give Runyon a little bit of slack here. The, the, the guy Runyon's blocking makes the tackle, but Aaron Jones isn't even supposed to be over there. So I actually think Runyon might have done an okay job here. It's a bit of an illusion. But yeah, seeing um, Josh Myers turned around with that, what happened? Look on his face, and then, again, Elton Jenkins literally laying on his face, looking up like, oh, shoot, that uh, may have contributed to this situation. Too bad, because uh, David Bakhtiari is basically off the screen. He's blocked his guy, for some reason, five yards to the sideline, just because he can. Yash is doing a good job. Again, I think Runyon's doing a good job. Um, Josiah Deguara comes up through the the gap and has a good block. Mercedes Lewis, on the other side, has a guy blocked into oblivion. And you even got Alan Lazard down the field ready to block a safety. So it's ready to go. But Josh Myers and Elton Jenkins just didn't feel like playing on this play and just got whooped on real bad. Next play is a toss play off to the left, and they, as I said, gained five yards on it. I don't know. I mean, it's uh, it's hard to identify anybody that deserves a massive amount of credit here. I mean, David Bakhtiari does his job. Most of the, I mean, because it's a toss, you're kind of eliminating a lot of pressure on a lot of guys, right? Um, the interior guys kind of just lose, but it doesn't matter because. They're so far away. Bakhtiari does get blown back a little bit, but because the toss is you know, five yards behind the line of scrimmage, it doesn't matter, so he does a good enough job. Um, you've got Tunyon, who holds his block, I guess, long enough, but he loses it, and the guy that he loses eventually makes, but I guess he kind of made the block enough, sort of. Uh, Dylan tries to block 26 and completely whiffs, but 26 can't make the tackle, and then Dylan kind of gets in the way of the guy that Tunyon's supposed to be blocking but lost, and doesn't really block him, and that guy ends up making the tackle. So, it's kind of just completely by design, Aaron Jones is just racing around the edge. I, I struggle, maybe Bakhtiari uh, gets some credit here, but I I really struggle to give too many other people a lot of credit. Um, I think, was it Lazard off on the edge? Would maybe be another kind of critical piece. Yeah, Lazard for sure. He's he's uh, <laughs> There, there might have been a little bit of a hold there too that didn't get called, but... I don't care. Aaron Jones, Bakhtiari, and Lazard made this play work. They didn't do anything necessarily super special. Uh, Everybody else kind of failed and it didn't matter, but it doesn't work without them, so they get credit. This is followed by an incomplete pass to Tunyon, and I don't like these. Rogers has missed so many of these throws, and I never know because it it always has to do with the the angle in which guys are running, right? We we saw that thing where Dobbs and Watson, well, a couple of those where they weren't getting their head around on time, but I never know because there's so many of these where the depth at which you're running makes a big difference. Like if you run just completely flat or if you go out and flat or if you go back and drift, you know, drift backwards or whatever, you know, on this one, essentially it's Tunyon. he's, he's kind of just running at a straight angle. And the, the biggest reason why it's hard to not blame Rogers is because even if he's not doing something right, he's running in a straight line. So if the line isn't at the right angle, fine, still throw it where he is. You know what I mean? I mean, if, if he's, I mean, he, you you had time to see the direction in which he's running. And again, if it's not where you want it to be, fine, but you, you have no choice but to throw where he is while well, you were supposed to be over there. Well, that doesn't, he's not there though. And again, I'm just speculating that that is the case. I don't know. Rogers did say he missed a couple throws. And plus, you know, if, it, if it's, you know, Dobbs or Watson or, or Watkins, you look at it and go, eh, I don't know. But this is Tunyon. I I I think Tunyon can grasp pretty basic routes like this. So I could be wrong, but that's kind of where I'm leaning. It's kind of like the coaching. You know, when you look at Joe Barry, the play calling seems to be bad, but even if it's not, some level of blame still falls on you because your players aren't getting it. That's how I feel with this play. I believe that the pass was bad. Even if it was the route that was run wrong, you still should have thrown it where he was. So either way, I'm gonna put it on Rod. The question is. Is it just a bad pass, or do you give him a minus two because it was a critical third down? I, I Plus, it was an easy pass. I, I'll just do the minus one because Rodgers are going to have a lot of positives and a lot of negatives, and it wasn't like a pick six or anything. So, By the way, on that touchdown pass, the general consensus is that the play design was straight-up garbage and doomed to fail, and so I will change my negative two for Isaiah McDuffie to a negative two for Joe Barry. I don't like putting coaches on here, but... Um, It seems like the right thing to do, especially since I have help. If I didn't have help, I wouldn't do it. All right, continuing on. So first play for the Titans is just a uh, two-yard run. I think in this case, we start to see, and I can't say that this is the case every time because it probably isn't, but it's something to keep an eye on moving forward. Um, I don't know how PFF necessarily does their business. But on this play, they essentially took a double team to Kenny Clark. And a lot of times a double team, you'll see it starts off as a double team and then one of the two guys will come off. They never did. They pushed him as hard and as far as they possibly could, and he did get washed away. The benefit to that, however, and this is the reason we've been saying we need somebody to help with Kenny, and we were hoping we got that with Jaron Reed and hoping we got that with Devontae Wyatt, but the benefit or hope there is that if they do that, it's going to create some easier opportunities for guys like Reed and Lowry and, and the linebackers. If you put two on one, it just kind of makes sense. Well, in this case, that's exactly what happened. Dean Lowry is able to beat, it's number 87. I would I almost wonder if that's a tight end. He's able to get off of that block and get an arm tackle. Now, by himself, he wouldn't be able to bring him bring him down. But Chris Barnes does a good job of cutting inside of the guy that's trying to get up to the next level and block him. So the combination of Dean getting his arm wrapped around him and Chris Barnes setting a solid wall saying, you're not coming any further than this, uh, set up that two-yard play. So after that is a nine-yard sack. It's Preston Smith and Quay Walker. Here's my my complication. uh, Preston obviously got credit for this sack, but I really think it's almost entirely on Quay Walker. The reason Preston, and almost somebody else, I don't know who that is on the other edge, the reason they were able to even get there is because they were able to take such a wide angle around the edge. I mean, it was a nine-yard sack. He wasn't able to step up in the pocket because Quay Walker blitzed up the middle. So I'm thinking to split the difference, because it was a very big play, a nine-yard sack, given two points to Quay and one to Preston. Does that sound fair? Preston more or less secured the tackle. The other reason I don't like doing coaching stuff is because you could easily give Joe Barry credit for this too. So it's probably going to skew very negative for Joe Barry, but whatever, we'll leave it as it is. The other thing I'll point out that Quay did that was really smart because he he essentially came free. And I think the idea is if there's a blitz, that's going to be picked up by the running back. And you can see Derrick Henry trying to pick him up. I think it's Henry. The funny thing is though, it's a play action. And so there is a fake quarterback handoff exchange. Well, the problem with that, with Quay bearing down with uh, lightning speed, is that Derrick Henry needs to square up and block Quay Walker. But he's being picked by his own quarterback. So what Quay does is that he jump cuts to the quarterback side, where Derrick Henry can't get to him, because he'd have to run through his quarterback in order to do that. So that was nice. So that play then sets up a third and 17. I'm a little surprised watching the defense. It seems as though they were, for for a defense that gets knocked for being... Uh, not aggressive enough, seemed like they were being very aggressive. We went single single high with all of our defenders basically at the sticks. And I don't mean at the first on marker, I mean at the line of scrimmage. So beyond seven yards, because we had we had two safeties, we showed a, uh, you know, two safeties pre-snap and Jonathan Abram was one of the safeties and he immediately, I, I think the term is spun down. I don't know. He came crashing down. It, it, it was... To Barry's credit, it seemed to be a great play call for what they actually did. Just seems like if they had decided, and I'm sure this was based on film study, if they had decided we're going to take a shot here, there would have been a lot of opportunities because you're kind of just, a lot of these guys are just sort of in a foot race, but maybe not because they're still seven yards off, so if they start sprinting down the field, these guys probably could have got, I don't know, I don't know. I was just surprised to see um, that they weren't more concerned with guarding the first down as if they knew it was going to be a draw play. But it was, and it was only a four-yard pick. Uh, Kenny Clark, kind of surprising, did a great job manhandling the offensive line. He immediately sheds the block, turns around, basically jumps on the guy's back, but can't tackle him. I don't know how somebody that size, I mean, the the running back did spin, but I don't know how you're that size and you jump on top of a tiny running back. We're not talking Derrick Henry, it was the smaller guy, Hilliard, and he just slips through your arms. I I don't get that. But anyways, fortunately, uh, Jaron Reed was there. He did the exact same thing, just a couple yards further down the field. uh, Spun around and was able to bring him down instantly because he's a massive human being. And if you put your body weight on him, he's going to go down, seemingly. Kenny Clark was able to defy physics on that play. Um, I'm not going to knock Kenny. It was a positive play. I'll give the the credit to Jaron Reed. But that's going to lead to a punt. And the first play is a nine-yard run up the middle. Interestingly enough, they are. I'm noticing now, I just saw the uh, thread by Dusty Evely that um, when the Packers ran out of shotgun, they had some ridiculously high yards per carry. And when they ran um, from under center, they had like less than one yard per carry. Just staggering. But anyways, they're in shotgun. And the result of this play is a nine-yard carry. Really appreciate This was almost a disaster because Elton Jenkins was almost on his face again somehow. Credit to that incredible athleticism that the Packers love to draft for. While falling on his face, he's not only able to recover his balance. I mean, literally, his head was almost touching the ground. He's somehow able to stand up and block the guy for Aaron Jones to be. I mean, he he blocked and turned him. I have no idea how that's even humanly possible. Um, also, Josiah Deguara coming across the formation and blocking is like one of my favorite things for this offense now. it's so It's so pretty, and he seems to always do his job. I've never seen him dominate anybody. But he just seems to have the fundamentals down enough to be able to make sure that the guy he's intending to block gets blocked and can't do anything. So he's cracking back across the the formation and just taking the end man on the line. Also, I'll tell you what, there, there are some really, really talented people on this team. David Bakhtiari, though. I mean, it, it's, it's so unnecessarily complicated, this play. It's like, I don't know why why you would need to necessarily do this, other than to just kind of confuse the defensive line because you're not expecting it. But... Essentially, they shift to the right. So the the guy across from David Bakhtiari, David Bakhtiari doesn't block. Uh, We're going to have a tight end, Josiah DeGuara, come across and take him. So what is Dean going to do? Dean's going to go take the guy, help double team the guy across from Elton Jenkins. So he has to run and not only help with the double team, but Elton is going to almost immediately disengage from that. So he has to get inside of him, which is so unbelievably difficult. And I think that's Simmons, who is really, really good. By the way, that's the reason Elton Jenkins just about fell. And it looks like his face mask is being pulled in this thing that I'm um, frozen on. But the reason he had to fall is because David Bakhtiari is coming in at 150 miles an hour to try to get into position. And he does. I mean, just just having watched this several times, I see the complexity of some of these. And and that's such a hard thing to execute. And the amount of times that somebody's able to, you know, be like, all right, you got him because I'm leaving now. Usually the answer is, no, I don't got him. And you just hope that it's kind of far enough away from the play that you can do enough. He's got him fully turned. Essentially, it's just one big motion. It's not, I'm going to come over there, I'm going to stop, and then you go, and then I'm going to try to fight my way over. David Bakhtiari is just running all the way to Simmons' left shoulder and saying, Elton, you better get out of my way, which again is why Elton Jenkins just about fell down. But again, he didn't. He's able to recover and, and get to that guy to his right at the next level, the linebacker. All the while, Josh Meyer's doing a great job on the inside. He's got his guy turned, which just creates this beautiful, beautiful little alley to run through. I'm telling you, the the, the running game is so talented. I know it's flawed and it's imperfect and they make mistakes from here to there, but when, when they execute these things right, it is such a pretty thing to watch. And Aaron Jones is so perfect because even though the guys are really executing this, you still have 300-pound human beings that are pushing and it's kind of messy. And his ability to run as fast as he can in a straight line while kind of weaving. You know, there's a little bit of zigzag in there, but it's as though he's running in a straight line. It's just beautiful. And he gets up to the the first unblocked level, which is the safety, and the safety is able to bring him down, but just absolutely beautiful across the board. Um, so, you know, who caused that? I mean, nobody gets two because the the play wasn't really that. If I had to, it would be David Bakhtiari, just because of how incredible what he did was. Um, but no no doubt about it. Elton Jenkins, David Bakhtiari, uh, Josiah Deguara, and, um, and Josh Myers. Those are. Uh, let me check on uh, Lazard because he may have played a part in this too from the opposite side. No, he didn't. All right. That's so much fun. That, that's like my favorite thing, man. I, I just love it. I love watching that. It's so, I don't know. It's just fun to see the synchronicity of the offensive line just working in unison and just creating these holes to run through. And it happens in a second. It happens so fast. You want to know why it's so hard to be a defensive tackle? And Matt LaFleur said it's like the hardest position to learn, especially for a rookie and, and to figure out. It's because offensive lines do this crap. It's not just, you know, be strong and put... You, all this, you're All you're just trying to go get the quarterback, and all of a sudden the tackle comes out of nowhere and runs across your face and starts pushing you in a weird direction. Like, what are you... What's going on here? I'm confused. Stop this. <laughs> this is madness. This is Sparta! Sorry about that. Um, All right, after the nine-yard run, by the way, Aaron Jones gets credit too. Forgot to mention that. You now, I got to be honest, I'm upset I didn't do a three-point scale. Trying to figure out if I can go back in time and remember because <laughs> I want to change it. Because I want to differentiate between Josh Myers, what Josh Myers did and what David Bakhtiari did without acting as though it was like a 40-yard touchdown. All right, we're doing it. Three-point scale. I updated as best as I could remember. Moving on. Next play, again, remember, we just need uh, one yard. It's second and one. Aaron Jones up the middle for four yards. The, the thing I love, and I don't want to give too much credit where I don't know for sure, Aaron Jones on this play, I remember Frank Gore saying something about this. Probably brought it up a few times. Every once in a while, somebody says or does something that sticks with me, and I bring it up 500 times because it just is always relevant. But Frank Gore, obviously, he played until he was very, very up in age, and he was never, I don't, in my opinion, he was never like a top three elite. He was just always good. And he stayed good for a very long time. And and what he explained is, you know, when you get up to a certain age, it's all about mental ability. And one of the things he referenced was something to the effect of drawing people into one area so that you can go the other way. Luring defenders. I'm pretty positive Aaron Jones did that on this play. As I'm watching, and, and the thing I really like about watching offensive line play too, is you can always tell what they're trying to do. With very few exceptions. It's pretty obvious what the plan is. And Aaron Jones does a great job of staying within structure. Dylan, not so much. So what Aaron Jones does is, you can see what the offensive line is doing, and it's kind of collapsing. It's not really working. Aaron Jones runs to a vacated area. There's a big, giant gap. And this is what I say Dylan does all the time. There's a big, you know, the the hole over there is closing, but there's a big gap over here. So he'll go through the big gap. Well, the gap closes almost instantly, and you don't end up getting any yards. Now, in this case, he probably could have powered through for a yard or two. But the point is, Aaron Jones runs for one second toward that big open blade of grass. What does that do? That draws the defenders, the linebackers, the guys that are trying to figure out where to go into that giant hole. Right at that second, Aaron Jones jumps back into where he's supposed to go. Now, there's not much there, but still, by following your defender, although it's completely collapsed, there's this little U-shaped area for you to get into and push, and he gets four yards. And the real benefit of jumping outside and then back inside to where you're supposed to be is you don't have linebackers coming in and helping the defense to crash down and make sure he doesn't get that one yard. Everybody jumps the wrong way. And so it's just Aaron Jones and his two offensive linemen against uh, the, the essentially two Titans defenders trying to stop them from getting a yard. Now, again, I don't want to give him too much credit. Maybe he was trying to go through that hole, and then he saw a defender and was like, oh, never mind, I'm going to go back behind my dudes, and he's just quick enough to be able to do that. But that's still, even if it was just a reaction, He instantly decided to jump through the hole and then saw the defender and instantly decided to jump back. That's still really impressive stuff from Aaron Jones to be able to recognize and react that quickly. And again, had he not done that, there's a good chance 51, the linebacker is able to shoot through this gap and stop him before he gets there. The quick jump to the outside pulls him the wrong way, then he jumps back inside. And again, it's just just strength on strength at that point. There's no linebackers coming up and, and filling gaps or any of that nonsense. On the offensive side, Josh Myers has got a one-on-one again, does a great job of holding that off. I mean, these are the guys that could blow this play up if you mess this up. You got a double team on one guy, and Aaron Jones essentially follows the double team. But just like I said on the play where the Packers are on defense, when you double team one guy, in this case, Kenny Clark, you're leaving Dean Lowry to make a play, and he did. Josh Myers at this point is being put on an island so that Runyon and Josh uh, Nyman can double team a guy. And they're struggling as it is. It's mostly Josh that comes in and just blindsides the guy and really gets a good push on him. But Josh Myers has got to hold his guy by himself or he's in big trouble. And I just decided now I'm going to make it a four-point scale. It doesn't, it doesn't matter because it hasn't really come up yet, but there's essentially two different categories. There's good play, great play, as far as, like, you know, you got five yards on first down and you got a, a touchdown. That's One is a good play, one is a great play. And then there's good play, great play by the player themselves. So if you did a good job on a good play, one, great job on a, on a good play, two, good job on a great play, three, great job on a great play, four. And honestly, two and three probably should be switched. But again, going based on what I think the fan grading would prefer, I would think they would prefer it in this way. Because for me, it's all about how great you did. And I don't care about the result, but we're trying to be result heavy with the grading. so. And it works the same in the negative, exact same system. So because this was just kind of a good play, you're either getting a one or a two based on whether you did a good job or a great job. Next play is first and 10. Aaron Rodgers passed short left to Aaron Jones for one yard. This is essentially a wide receiver screen to the running back. We have four guys to the left, and it's just kind of a disaster across the board. Nobody does their job. And again, if you recall, and maybe you don't, if you're on social media, you probably saw this a few weeks back. There was a play where we ran a screen. It might have been to Aaron Jones, too. And Sammy Watkins ran a route. And the the thought was, well, it's sort of a, maybe an option, and Roger should have thrown to Watkins, or Watkins should have stayed in and block. He didn't understand what the play was. That essentially happens here again. Except this time, I think it's, what is it, DeGuara? Remember, we have four guys to this side. They have three defenders. So we have three blockers and a running back. This should be a no-brainer. However, again, DeGuara doesn't even block. So that guy comes understandably, unblocked, and is able to make a tackle. But not only that, Alan Lazard gets blown back about 10 yards. That guy doesn't end up making the play because the guy pushing Lazard back is having so much fun doing it, but Lazard gets killed. And the craziest part about all this, Lazard absolutely gets annihilated. DeGuara doesn't even block his guy. The only guy that stays in to block and actually kind of holds his ground a little bit is Tyler Davis. And the guy that makes the tackle is the guy Tyler Davis is blocking because eventually he just, you know, loses. (laughs) So it was the most useless, pathetic-looking thing I've ever seen. Again, I'm not positive. Maybe this is only supposed to be the two guys block, one guy runs a route, the two guys will be enough. You know, you run away from DeGuara because he's the closest, I think, inside. And so I think the thought would be, the two guys on the outside block the two guys on the outside. Aaron Jones runs to the edge, because ideally they're able to do that. And then the guy that um, tries to cut inside to get Jones, he's not going to be able to get there in time. So while he's diving away from Deguara, Deguara runs a route. Now, in this case, it doesn't really make any sense, or I, it's not going to work because there's an additional linebacker there, so there's not really gonna be, he's not really going to be open. So I'm not positive. The, the fact that they keep doing this leads me to believe that it's possible. So I am I know I'm going to sound like a, a DeGuara fanboy here, but I, I don't know that he did the wrong thing. I know that Lazard got beat real bad, and I know Tyler Davis came in for the sole purpose of getting annihilated and getting Aaron Jones tackled. Next play is the 24-yard strike to Randall Cobb. And I probably don't give enough credit to offensive linemen for doing their job, especially in a pass that wasn't like an extended play or anything. So it's kind of just base minimum expectations, I guess. I don't know, but I'm not going to sit here and do that every single play. However, A.J. Dillon has a really nice uh, blitz pickup. Aaron Rodgers is right on the money, and of course, Randall Cobb caught it. So, And it's a big play. Next play is a run play with A.J. Dillon. It's a two-yard loss. It's uh, 100% on Josh Myers and um, Elton Jenkins. Elton was put in a tough spot, but ultimately Josh Myers isn't able to get across the face of the defensive tackle and be able to stop his momentum going in the correct direction, at least for the defense's sake. And then the linebacker's coming up and shooting right through the gap, and Elton Jenkins, by the time he comes off of trying to help David Bakhtiari, the one guy that probably doesn't need much help, um, he turns around and is able to get on the linebacker, but it's, it's completely walled off. He got to him too late. Ideally, you come off of that. And this is why I like... I constantly am saying I like when linebackers attack the open gaps as opposed to standing there. If he had just been standing there like our linebackers tend to do, Elton could have come off of that block, got up to the next level, and created a little bit of a crease. Little tiny bit of a lane for Dylan to squeeze through, but he couldn't. The hole had compressed down to almost nothing because of the guy Myers is blocking. And then 56, the linebacker comes in and closes, closes, walls off what little hole there is, Dylan loses two yards on the play and and this is also again why and I'm not saying Dylan is a phenomenal running back this is also why I'm struggling to properly gauge how good or bad AJ Dylan is because the opportunities are just not there for him next play is a 10 yard reception to AJ Dylan uh, I think the thing that stands out here is Dylan's speed so it's funny because when I look at things i I know what's coming and I'm looking at it and I'll watch the play, and then I'll watch it back, and I'll go, I don't know why you made the decision to go in that direction, because in my mind, even though I know it works, it shouldn't work. There are two defenders. One is a linebacker that's about toe-to-toe with Dylan, right? As far as, you know, they're both kind of on the hash. Dylan is a little bit closer to the sideline, which is where this pass goes. But then there's an additional defender to that side, and I'm thinking, you're not going to make it, dude. It's going to get blown up instantly. Well, the magic of the play is that Robert Tunyon is also to that side, and they're playing man, which is what Rodgers must have identified and realized because it's man this play will work. If it was zone, presumably this never would have worked. But because it's man, Tunyon basically just runs in a straight line and draws away the guy closer to the sideline, or at least pushes him a little deeper. The real impressive part here, though, is the speed of A.J. Dillon, which kind of goes unnoticed, at least by me. I mean, I know he has the speed, I just don't usually recognize it. But the fact is, again, the linebacker is in man coverage. As soon as Dillon comes out of the backfield, the linebacker runs laterally. I'm talking straight line to the sideline. He should be able to get to his spot running perfectly laterally long before Dylan gets to that same spot. Spoiler alert, he doesn't. Dylan running at an angle, that is to say running to the sideline but also moving up about 10 yards, gets to that spot and around it before the linebacker can get there. That is really impressive speed. Next play is uh, one of these rare things where it's a semi-positive play, but everybody did something wrong. The offensive line just completely got annihilated. Yash Nyman was the biggest culprit, but it's pretty much everybody, especially to the right side. Aaron Jones had the wherewithal to see that that wasn't going to work, does what he does best, breaks it to the outside, and is able to gain four yards, but fumbles at the end of the play. So I can't even give him credit. I'm going to call that a wash. But uh, Josh Myers ends up getting beat. He he, kind of got duped a little bit. They did that trick where you're trying to go, offensive line is trying to shift to the right a little bit, or at least Josh Myers is, so you can catch the defensive tackle from being able to go to his left. And the tackle's like, dude, that's fine. I'm going to swim to the inside and then go around and make a play from behind. He almost gets him. But again, Aaron Jones. But either way, this play was doomed because Yash just got completely worked. It's too bad, too, because it looks like John Runyon was about to absolutely murder somebody. He got up to the next level, and you can see he's putting his whole soul into this. He wants to kill this guy so bad, and unfortunately, the linebacker that he's about to obliterate sees Aaron Jones and is able to turn around and run the other direction, but it's like, no, I almost murdered him. But Yash and Josh, uh, yeah, that was, that was a big uh, whoopsie-daisy. And I, again, for Aaron Jones, I'll call it even. He, he had the wherewithal to see it coming. Dylan probably would have lost yards on this. Most running backs, and not and Dylan, I'm saying most running backs probably get smoked. Aaron Jones is a freak, but again, he fumbled. So. But first and 10, next play, Aaron Rodgers uh, completes a pass to Robert Tunyon for 10 yards. First down uh, on the play. Another quick screen pass. This time, Alan Lazard does a phenomenal job blocking, is able to block the corner to the inside of the field so that Tunyon can get around to the outside of the field. Tunyon does a great job of lowering his head and instead of picking up 8 yards, picking up 10 yards by running through the guy. And of course, Rodgers threw a good pass on that play. Next play, they turn around and do the exact same thing again. This time they've got Lazard on the outside and uh, Watson blocking. I want to give Watson credit for blocking because he does kind of block the guy and just say that it's a mismatch because you've got three defenders and two blockers. However, Watson should have had his back to the sideline so that Lazard could get around behind him. He couldn't do that, and so he essentially created a lane to the inside of the field. The linebacker was able to get there and tackle him. So as much as it pains me, I'm going to have to go negative one for Christian Watson. Also think it was a stupid play. I mean, really, I mean, it it should have been the other way around. Have Lazard block and Watson, who has better speed, to be able to get there before the linebacker get there anyway. So he probably could have gone to the inside and still got yards, but whatever. It doesn't matter. Next play is a one-yard loss by Aaron Jones. Again, the offensive line just gets embarrassed. And again, it's Josh Myers. I mean, it's the exact same move. He just swims to the inside, and Josh Myers barely even touches the guy. Move it forward one second. John Runyon's laying on the ground, and so Yash has to take that guy entirely, which allows a linebacker to swim to the inside. Elton Jenkins, David Bakhtiari, and then on the the edge edge, you got Mercedes Lewis and Lazard double-teaming the guy. So those guys are all winning. But Josh Myers is, is the biggest culprit, and then you got a linebacker coming around the edge to clean up, um, and honestly, you know what? I'm, I'm not going to dock Runyon for that. Going back and watching it a second time. He tries to get up to the next level, and the linebacker just goes all the way around because I think he realizes the play got blown up, and he can go around and support. And so Runyon's kind of just diving at him. So this is all just Josh Myers. This is really bad from him. Uh, Myers, by the way, has four negative plays. Aaron Rodgers is the only other player with four plays, period. He has four negative plays and two positive plays. He's up to six total play Contributions and most of them have been negative. And then after that, you get the Christian Watson play, and this is going to be the first fours that I give out because not only is it a giant play because it's a touchdown, but the ability for Aaron Rodgers to scramble around and throw that ridiculous pass, and for Christian Watson to be able to do what he did, which really was incredible, because he uses his large frame. You know, I mean, he he could have just kind of stood there and tried to jump ball it and let the defender get it, but. He has the wherewithal to kind of box him out a little bit, to stand, you know, too far in, and then just at the right time, drop back and jump up and catch it so that it was only, he was the, he made sure he was the only one that was able to get the ball. Anyways, we are finally to the end of the first quarter. We'll take a break. We'll come back and I'll try to pick up the pace on the second quarter so that it doesn't take quite as long. It's mostly Tennessee Titans stuff. Patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy, uh, fertilegroundranch.org. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. All right, first play, Derrick Henry runs right tackle for two yards. And I'll tell you what this is. The credit for the tackle goes to Devontae Wyatt and Chris Barnes. I can't give Wyatt a ton of credit. He does sort of create a little bit of a wall, but he gets pushed back. But the credit goes to Chris Barnes for doing what I've been begging a linebacker to do since forever. And that is just to shoot through a gap and make a play. Because that's exactly what he did. Fires into the hole and just eviscerates Derrick Henry. Because here's the situation. Wyatt's getting pushed back quite a bit. Dean Lowry is out of the play. Kingsley's out of the play, being held but out of the play. The guys to the right side are all completely out of it. The offensive line is doing a great job. The double team is to, to Wyatt, so I'm not going to be super mad at him, but he's the double team. As the guy that's blocking, one of the blockers on Wyatt, tries to come off and get to the linebacker, right? This is pretty basic stuff. He can't do it because Chris Barnes is coming too fast. It's too late because he already shot through the gap. This is what I've been begging our linebackers to do since forever. Don't wait for the offensive linemen to come off the double team and get to you. The only guy that's in a position to make a play is Chris Barnes, and that's only if he acts fast enough to get up there before the double team, which you know is coming. This is basic stuff. Chris Barnes comes in and lights him up. Wyatt's there to kind of help with the assist, because let's be honest, if it was Barnes completely by himself, I don't know if he would have. I mean, he hit him hard, but it's it's Derrick Henry. But Wyatt's there to kind of... Shut that down because remember the the uh, the other offensive lineman came off the double team. So now Wyatt's able to get a bit of little leverage and kind of push in the other direction. But that's all, Chris Barnes. Next play is a quick short uh, six yard pass. Darnell Savage in coverage. They're calling it pass interference on Savage. Uh, I want so badly to say this is actually a really good play from him. He met the receiver right there and actually was able to get his hand. I mean, he he was playing off. This is what. This is what Packer fans don't like, is these guys playing off and giving up the middle of the field, but he's able to close so quickly that he's there and and actually had his hand on the ball, just couldn't rip it away. But I guess they're saying he got there a second too early. I don't know. Looks to me like he caught it just fine. I don't know. It's stupid. Next play is the one-yard loss to the, uh, the wide receiver screen to Traylon Burks. Razul Douglas comes in and blows that up. Beautiful play by him. Then a simple one-yard gain by Derrick Henry. First and foremost, Kenny blew this up. You can tell where it's supposed to go, and it's being blocked well in the direction that it's supposed to be blocked. However, Kenny pushes the center so far back into Derrick Henry, he has to just completely bounce it. At that point, everybody's free. Because remember, Dean Lowry, he's essentially being blocked into Derrick Henry now because he's supposed to be running the other direction. Same with Quay Walker. The blocker's on the wrong side. And so he's got a convoy of three people, Kenny Clark, Dean Lowry, Quay Walker, all to his left. And then to his right, you got Adrian Amos and Kingsley and Igbari. Kingsley makes first contact. Amos is able to swim through two defenders to make a play. Then Kenny catches him from behind and, and just absolutely engulfs him. But again, this is this is Kenny all day long. But of course, on third and 10, we give up 10 yards to Austin Hooper. Well, sorry, nine yards. It was challenged and overturned, and then they picked up the one yard a play later. And again, it was it was fairly good coverage by Rudy Ford, but not good enough you probably remember the play. He almost got his hand on it, and then as he's diving through the air, he's able to have the wherewithal to grab his ankle and still bring the guy down. But it's a negative for Ford. I don't know what else to do about that. By the way, that little one-yard dive play, that little trick play with uh, Tannehill going to the sideline like a dummy running a high school play, I'm just not going to bother even grading that because everybody kind of did their job, but it didn't matter. Four-yard run by Derrick Henry. This is uh, Ladarius Hamilton's uh, responsibility, which I'm not entirely sure why he's even back on the field, but not able to hold the edge. He tries to be fancy and get around the blocker and come back and catch him from behind, but can't do that. So anyways, next play is a five-yard run. Uh, Hamilton and Jaron Reed both get blocked up. Um, Chris Barnes get wiped out by a blocker. Slayton makes a, a Superman tackle from behind, or this could have been a really big play. And then third and one, Derek Henry uh, picks up two yards to the left side. It's one of those that's really hard to really pinpoint any blame. Uh, Preston does get blocked, but he does a really good job of stretching it out. Kind of kind of one of those things where it's like, you're, you're the one guy blocked. Just try to keep this thing going so somebody can come in and make a tackle. Rudy Ford uses his speed, tries to catch him, but can't quite get there. Darnell Savage coming from deep is the one that actually makes the tackle, but two yards too late. Uh you could say, hey, Preston got blocked. You could say Ford didn't make the initial tackle. You could say Savage maybe could have recognized it sooner and maybe got there earlier. But I'm just gonna leave it alone. It's a third and one and they picked up two yards. It's it's what's gonna happen about every time. Next play is about the same thing. I mean they're they're playing zone defense similar to the the Savage play. This time it's Jair. Uh, Tannehill throws it. Savage is there. I mean, he closes so fast. He's able to not only get there, but reach his arm around and get his hand on the ball, just can't quite break it free. There's guys everywhere. They swarm him. They eventually bring him down. Um, but it's a six-yard pickup on first and ten, and I don't think anybody really could have done any better. Second and four, Derrick Henry picks up three. Again, I can't really identify. I mean, it, he ran past Kenny, but Kenny did a good job against the guy across from him. He's able to reach over and make a tackle, but it's Derrick Henry. So he falls backwards, and that's three yards. I'm not going to dock him for that. And now we're in third and one. Man, it's crazy, because he picks up five yards, and I still, I'm struggling to figure out who I could possibly blame for this. I mean, Quay actually is able to make a play because he didn't listen to me and didn't shoot through the initial gap. Derrick Henry saw Quay, decided to go the other way, and Quay was able to, because he didn't commit to it, jump back the other direction. Now, Dean probably should have been there. But the thing is Dean kind of was there. But again, they contact him one or two yards down the field and he just blasts through because it's Derrick Henry and they fall forward for 5. So again, I'm just going to leave it alone. I I you know, Dean could have maybe done a little better job. Kenny, I I I could probably put a little on him, but he's being double teamed. What what is he supposed to do? Again, Quay is there to make a play. He just gets absolutely popped and falls backwards. That was the <laughs> full three-play series where Tennessee just Tennessee just doing their absolute best work where I I can't even give a single negative grade on three plays for a first down. Even if Quay hit him a little more square so he didn't fall quite as far, it's still a first down. Next play is a uh, five-yard pickup, Traylon Burks. It's either going to be on Quay Walker or Joe Barry. There's so much open space and I can't think who could possibly be to blame here. I think Quay probably could have recognized it a little quicker. Because they're playing zone and somebody's coming up the middle and he has to carry that backwards so somebody can kind of pick that up. Once you've passed that off, you got to see Burks coming in and get up a little closer. But again, this is getting completed either way. And I tell you what, I, I, I'm i stunned that he didn't get more yards. The closing speed of Quay Walker here to make a tackle is kind of crazy. So I'm not giving him a positive because it was a negative play and it might have been a less of a negative play if he'd have played that a little better. I'm not going to dock Barry because I just think that's Kind of dumb, anyways. Plus, I'm not positive. So, again, I'm going to just leave it alone. Next play, again, it's a three yard gain. Everybody did about as good as I could expect. The only one that I could maybe say could have, would have, should have recognized this was Jair. He kind of was looking around, was like, now nah, there's nothing here. I'm going to kind of bail to the deep part of the field because some of these guys are going to start working their way back. And he never recognized that a screen was being set up to the other side. And that by the time he did, there's a giant 300 pound man bearing down on him. And so we've got Essentially three, three, two blockers on our guys. I don't know. But Jaron Reed does as good a job as he possibly can. The only guy that can make a tackle, and he does make a tackle. But again, it's a three-yard play on second and five, which sets up, again, a third and two. And I think this one's a little bit more easy to identify as Jaron Reed and Kenny Clark, because not only were they not double-teamed, but they didn't move at all. Jaron Reed is the only one that moved, and he went the wrong way. Kenny kind of just stood his ground but he didn't get any push whatsoever to the inside. And so there's a really sizable gap there between Kenny and Jaron Reed. And Chris Barnes tries to kind of get in there, but you got an offensive lineman dedicated to taking you out. And believe it it or not, he takes a shot in the gut, rebounds and is able to somewhat make a tackle and it gets collapsed by Reed and a few other people. But it's not after he picks up three yards on second and three. So I am going to go ahead and, and dock Kenny and Reed, especially Reed, especially. Kenny's kind of iffy. Next play is an incompletion down the sideline. Jair was in coverage, and Tannehill's staring him down, so I do have to give credit to Jair, although it looks like it might just be a throwaway. Either that or Jair did such a good job of getting in his way that the ball was completely overthrown. Either way, props to Jair. Next play is an incompletion by Tannehill to the right side. This one's actually kind of funny because watching our defense, I'm thinking this is such a busted play. I mean it's so weird. I don't know if guys are not doing what they're supposed to be doing or if they are. This is just a weird coverage thing. But the funny thing is, the only reason because Jair is being put in a spot where there's two guys to cover and he takes the deeper guy. Savage is also on the exact same guy. We got two guys on the same guy. But there's one shallower. The reason that play isn't there is because Preston has the wherewithal to get a lot of depth. He sees the guy kind of coming around the corner immediately drops back, and so now he doesn't have the underneath throw either. There's only two guys running a On top of that, you've got T.J. Slayton, who comes up free, and Der- Derrick Henry's kind of a garbage block. I'm starting to notice that. As big as he is, he's not a very good blocker, but it's funny because Derrick Henry is the guy that's usually instilling fear in other people, but you can see the half-hearted attempt and the absolute fear when T.J. Slayton comes barreling after him, and he like cringes and throws like a half-hearted shoulder at him, and Slayton just comes free. And he flushes him out of the pocket, makes him run to the right. All of his receivers are to his left, and so he has to just throw it away. So great play by Preston and Slayton. Next play is a 9-yard pickup on 3rd and 10. They are on the, this is the very long drive by Tennessee. They're on the 13-yard line, so they just picked, it was 3rd and 10 from the 13, they pick up 9. And this is simply just exploiting zone defense and, and our linebacker in the middle. Chris Barnes passes off a guy and tries to come back the other way to pick up the receiver coming across the middle, but just doesn't have the speed to do both of those things, to pass it off and then turn and run. And so uh, Barnes ultimately he does make the tackle short, which ends up being huge because obviously we get off the field. Well, huge is relative considering they got the ball right back because our offense sucks. But it's still huge that it came up that one inch or that one yard short. Still, Barnes messed up. And you get the big stop by Quay Walker, which I think is going to be the third four given out because, let's be honest, this is a huge play, and his ability to shoot into the backfield, grab him, and pull him back is pretty phenomenal. So great play by Quay. The guy's only had three plays where I've given him a grade. All three are positive. He has a one, a three, and a four. (laughs) So he's not showing up much, but he doesn't have a single negative yet, and he's got two very big impact plays. In fact, he's tied with... uh, Aaron Rodgers for the highest grade right now with just those three plays. Then we get the disaster that is the Packers offense. A.J. Dillon up the middle for one yard. Again, there's absolutely nowhere for Dillon to go. You see this a lot, actually, when you have uh, kind of on the goal line, the you'll see two double teams. And essentially, you run between the two double teams. You got David Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins double teaming one guy, and then you got Myers and Runyon double teaming another. And there's a Huge gap to run through. Unfortunately, the linebackers are just firing straight downhill. And so Elton Jenkins tries to come off the double team and pick this guy up. But by the time he does, he's falling backwards, trying to, you know, stop this guy's momentum. Although, you know what? That's not even true. This is on Dylan. And and again, just not trusting the blockers. When Dylan sees a defender, he panics. And so, because if you look at it, although Elton Jenkins does get hit pretty hard... The double team to the right with Josh Myers and John Runyon is so brutal, there's still a pretty big gap there. And so I don't know how much he could have gotten, but if he'd have just stayed there, I mean, if you look at where he got tackled, I have this freeze-framed here. There is a huge gap to his right where he was supposed to run. A.J. Dillon bounced it to the left where there's nothing. Essentially, this play got blown up because the guy Randall Cobb was blocking got through and tackled Dillon. Again, Dillon's biggest issue is he does not trust his blockers, Right. There's a guy screaming right at you. I get that that's scary, but Elton Jenkins' job is to come off his block and stop that. Now, maybe he still would have made a tackle. I don't know. It's hard to tell because that guy sees Dylan cut to the outside and tries to cut back out through Elton Jenkins. So I don't know what would have happened if he stayed trying to get through that main gap, but we'll never know because Dylan gave up on it. And again, Myers and Runyon did such a. I mean, Runyon's got a guy pancake right now. He's on top of him. Myers is still pushing a guy clean out of the stadium. Basically, Myers, Runyon, and Josh Nyman are all in the same spot, just blocking their dude. So there's one linebacker that maybe could have reached around Elton to try to make an ankle tackle, but that's what we want with A.J. Dillon. Good luck. Hey, Dillon, you drive me nuts, man. This is, it's just fear. I mean, it's the same thing I say about Rodgers. He sees a guy and he panics. Dillon panics. He sees a giant hole to run through, but he's like, oh, there's a guy there. I'm going to bounce it. Have a little patience. Let Elton, give Elton, you know what you could do? Exact same thing I said that Aaron Jones did before. That maybe was not intentional, but bounce to the outside to draw the linebacker that way to give Elton a second. Real quick hop to the outside and then back inside through the hole. Linebacker's going to cut outside to try to get you. Elton Jenkins is going to have a real easy opportunity to get up and and wall him off. You cut back. Dude, it's daylight for days. And all you got to do is a stutter step to the left and then bam, right back through the hole. Because even if he doesn't bite, it's going to cause enough hesitation for Elton Jenkins to have a half a second to get off his double team, which he does anyways, and, and try to make a play. So yeah, I, I, Dylan's got that that syndrome. He just panics. Next play, they do the same thing. He kind of does do exactly what I said. He hesitates this time to the right and then jumps through that hole. It does freeze that linebacker, but not the other linebacker. This one, unfortunately, wasn't blocked quite as well. The other negative is that Because this is just pure power, we've got these two double teams, it seems like we're just trying to get off the goal line. And so the problem is we're not even really trying to get off and reach a linebacker here. So this is never going to be a very big play. I think, honestly, the only reason Elton came off that last one is because the linebacker was getting through the line of scrimmage. Otherwise, I don't think there ever was any intention. And so if that's the case, this was a terrible play call because it's second and nine, and you're calling a play that's going to get, at best, three yards, which is exactly what this got setting up a third and six. So I can't really complain about much. The guys that they were trying to block got blocked. But the linebacker that was unblocked came up and made a play. Although I'll tell you what, I am going to ding Runyon a little bit because Dylan actually ran into Runyon rather than a linebacker because Runyon, even though he was on a double team, still got beat. That It shouldn't happen when you're double teaming somebody. So I'm going to dock Runyon on that. Next play is the play that's been floating around social media quite a bit. Um, I had a lot of people screaming at me just for retweeting it. Uh, but the bottom line is Rodgers has a lot of options here, and this this is the first play you're looking at. It going this is this is panic. Rodgers. It seems like the team was backed up against the goal line. Matt Lafleur panicked with his play calling. AJ Dillon panicked with his rushing, and Aaron Rodgers panicked because it's you know third and six, crunch time, backed up, and it's just I don't know what he's doing. You can find this on on social media if you really want to see it. Otherwise, I'll try to remember to to post it or whatever. Not on Twitter, God forbid. But here's sort of my biggest thing that the the General consensus is he looks to the left where Christian Watson is. This is where I struggle with the intelligence of Aaron Rodgers, because he's supposed to be really good at understanding this stuff. The general consensus in terms of the uh, defense here of not throwing it to Christian Watson is, well, he came off Watson before he came out of his break. Number one, why? Because it's, well, it's a timing issue, maybe Watson came out of his break too late. Okay, here's the problem, though. He understands the route. There is nothing but green grass to where Christian Watson is going to be running. There is zero reason to come off of Christian Watson. He should be, I'm, I'm looking at him, look in that direction. He should be able to tell by the way that the defense is playing, where the defenders are, and where Watson is about to go, that he can launch that thing into green grass, and this is a big play to Watson. But instead, he's like, nah, I don't want to go that way, and looks a different way. And by the time he comes off of Watson, Watson is just coming out of his break and going right toward where the green, green grass is. By the way, at this point, Roger still has a perfectly clean pocket. Rogers then pump fakes to his right. I don't know why, because he could have thrown it to Dillon if he wanted to. He probably also could have thrown it to Tunyon if he wanted to. He doesn't. He pulls it down. As he does that, he panics. He scrambles to his left. I don't know if he pulled it because he knew that pressure was coming or what the situation was. But he drops it, backs up into the end zone. At this point, he's he's in the end zone, and he is... He's got a second to throw the ball. Randall Cobb has come completely free. Christian Watson is still standing completely by himself. The closest defender appears to be 5'10", about 11 yards away from him. So he's staring at Randall, who's open. But again, he panics. He's in the end zone. Guys are coming, so he sprints forward. I gotta get out of here. I gotta get out of here so it's not a safety. And so he does that thing where he scrambles and then he throws it away. It's just panic, 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 panic. This is an easy read and throw to Christian Watson. This would have been a massive... Completion on third down, and Rodgers and Watson are the hero of the day. Man, this this is what Rodgers is such a great quarterback. Christian Watson is is the real deal. And really, it's it's none of that. This is an easy completion to a wide open receiver deep down the left side of the field because Matt Lafleur called a great play, but it got squandered for no reason. And by the way, the amount of I don't think there was a single guy on this field that wasn't open at some point. Let me count it out as it happens, okay? Here, here is how this happens. First is Watson. Watson comes open. Then you have Dylan coming across the flat. Now, he's open, not ideal, because he's going to be probably short of the sticks, but he is open. Tunyon coming to the sideline is open. Then Lazard is running deep down the field with his hand raised. It's a tight throw, but if he wanted to, if he was really determined to, he's got his hand up saying, hey, throw it. Then when the play breaks down, Randall does what Randall does. He doubles back and finds an open spot, and guess what? He gets wide open. Watson, Lazard, Cobb, Dillon, and Tunyon, all five receivers at one point or another were open on this play. Rodgers doesn't see or throw to any of them. Now, there are a couple of these guys maybe he isn't able to because of the timing of when the pressure came, when he broke the pocket, and when they came open. But I know he could have thrown to Watson. I know he could have thrown to Cobb. He could have thrown to Dillon. He could have thrown to Tunyon. Lazard is the only one. He probably shouldn't have thrown it to Lazard anyways because it's too hard of a throw and there's two guys there. He is open and it's doable, but it's just it's just frustrating. Very annoying. The question is, is this a negative two or a negative four? Because I'm going to say it's a really bad play from Rogers, but I don't know if this is a really big play. It's not a pick six, but it is a critical third down. And it puts our defense right back on the field. That is the question. Anyways, I know we're going long. This is how these things go. It's why I always hesitate to do it to begin with. But we've got one more Titans drive and then a couple Packers plays. I might not even go through all the Packers plays. We'll just end it after the uh, Titans drive so that we can tomorrow do a full run through of the Packers drive. So this is the last drive of this episode. Uh, first play is an incomplete pass by Ryan Tannehill, but Kenny Clark gets a defensive offside, so we'll just dock him for that. That puts him in first and five, which is great. Next play, Kenny comes right back, makes a great play in the run game, uh, tackles Derrick Henry for one yard, completely redeemed himself on that last one. We'll call those two a wash. Second and four, again, we got our guys playing off. I don't really understand it. This is a Joe Barry thing, in my opinion. You got Adrian Amos playing man coverage against a guy, but he's two yards behind the stick. Receiver runs up to him, runs a quick out route. Amos tries to sprint on an angle to get to him, and he just, he isn't able to. Actually, at the snap, one, two, three, four, five, he's five yards behind the sticks by the time the ball is snapped. Amos comes up and tries to close the gap a little bit, but this is almost automatic when you see this. If you can identify that this is man coverage, you take the guy to the furthest outside that Jair is pressed up on, and you just send him down the field. So you clear him out so he's not there. And you're telling me Amos is the guy that has to cover? This is so stupid. So stupid. And honestly, the, the other defenders on the other side, you got Savage and Razul. They're uh, about one and a half, two yards behind the sticks to the other side. I'd be willing to bet you throw a wide receiver screen over there and you're going to get a first down just by virtue of how far away they are. I mean, it doesn't take much. By the time they catch it, you got the other guy blocking. You run to your blocker and you run with full speed. You're going to knock them back a yard or two. It's a first down. I mean, it, it's, it's basically, in my opinion, just conceding. I mean, maybe you can stop him a yard short, not that it matters because Derrick Henry's going to pick it up, but your biggest fear is second and four, you're going to take a shot here, which makes sense, right? You want to make sure they don't pick up short yardage, but it's second down, so we could take a shot if we wanted to. But, I don't know, it's just so stupid to me. I'm not docking Amos for this. There's nothing he could have done. Next play is a, a little tricky play. You got Derrick Henry in the wild cap, but then he pitches it to a receiver coming across the formation, but Quay Walker using that speed again. He really is quick, man. He's able to close, make a great tackle. Another two-pointer for Quay Walker. He's now the highest-graded guy on the team, and by a lot. Uh, The highest grade here is a four. Uh, Aside from Quay, Quay Walker's at 10. Man, and Quay does it again on the next play. So he stands tall. And again, this is why he's not shooting gap. Derrick Henry bounces. He's not committed. He can bounce with him, and he is just so quick. He's behind Derrick Henry and catches up to him. Beautiful job. I'm giving him another two for that. I mean, he, he was to the left of Adrian Amos and got there before Amos did. Amos did have to deal with a little bit of a blocker and he was coming from a little bit more depth, but it's still just really incredible. So I guess if I were to revisit the whole not shooting gaps thing, the benefit is he can do stuff like this, but then you're really reliant on your defensive line to do a better job. And they're apparently just not doing that. Third and seven, what do they do? Find the soft spot nine yards down the field. Third and seven. Here, here's how this breaks up. The guy in coverage closest to the uh, line of scrimmage or, or closest in field is three yards inside of the sticks. Jair is one yard inside. Everyone else is at or behind the sticks. Three players are deep. No receivers are deep. The guy that eventually catches this catches it two yards short of the sticks. Jair is is off to his right and at the line of scrimmage or at the the yard to gain. And I don't know if this is Ford or Quay or what. He is one, two, three-ish yards behind. And so he catches it one yard short. Both players, I think it's Quay and Jair, converge on him, hit him, but he's able to fall forward. Again, we we conceded that. We gave him a catch one yard short, and he fell forward. I just, I don't I don't understand this. And you can just see the defenders just frustrated. Quay Walker's sitting there like, you've got to be freaking kidding me. I just made back-to-back plays. And now this guy's just standing there and catches an easy pass. I mean, I, I this is ridiculous. I want to get off the field. I want to go sit for a minute. You know, and I don't, I don't know. Maybe Quay got a little too deep. Maybe Jair should have been closer instead of being like two yards away. He should have been one yard away. I don't know. I don't know specifically where everybody should have been standing. But if Quay comes up too much, there's a guy behind him. So I don't know. Seems like the offense is able to call really good plays to counteract our defense, which seems to be happening a lot, which would lead me to believe that our defense is very predictable, and everybody kind of just knows how to play it, which would explain why, despite all the talent, we're just getting worked, because there's a game plan. When you play the Packers, this is what you do. Very next play is a seven-yard pass to the opposite side. The exact same thing again, and I again, I don't know if this is by just Jair's discretion, but I mean, the the guy catches it seven yards down the field. Jair is one yard. I mean, he, he's, he's if Jair caught it, he would have been one yard short of the sticks. Let's put it that way. So we conceded seven yards again. I don't, I don't, I don't get this. You can say, well, it's Jair just doing this. You know, he should have been a. Every other corner on the other side is doing it. You've got, uh, I think, Razul is at the sticks, and you've got Savage, who's about two, three yards behind it. And so those guys are in pretty tight coverage because the 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 wide receivers ran right up to him. Well, yeah, if you run two yards behind the sticks, it's going to be tight coverage. What happens when you pull up? Six yards down the field, you're open because Jair's not there. And he can get there quickly, but even if he tackles you, at seven yards on first and 10 near the goal line. Why? That's the other thing. The field is getting compressed at this point. Why do you need to compress your own defense into the end zone and, and give them room to breathe within the first five to six yards? That doesn't make any sense. Next play is a throwaway that's uh, pretty much entirely because of Kingsley and Igbari getting pressure. Beautiful play by Kingsley. Just bull rushes him straight back into the quarterback, gets a hand in his face. Next play, they give up six yards. Very similar, except this time, and I, I swear this is just the offensive coordinator figuring us out. Our corners are up pretty tight. So what do we do? We attack the middle of the field, which is perfect because what happens? Quay blitzes. Talk about worst timing ever, All right, Our corners on the boundary are up tight. The guy who would be protecting the middle of the field, Quay, if he was standing there, this would have been great because you got two guys crossing in the middle of the field. Quay Walker had been standing right there. Instead, he vacates, and so now both of these guys are wide open. He throws it to the open guy, picks up six easy yards. Again, just wrong call at the wrong time. Then you finally have Derrick Henry coming in for a four-yard touchdown. This, this one's odd because Preston doesn't try to set the edge. He tries to swim to the inside. I, I don't know if Preston just really made a terrible decision. But I can't imagine an edge rusher doesn't understand setting an edge as his primary responsibility, unless it isn't. I don't know why it wouldn't be, unless you're trying to get to the inside. Well, it might have been because he thought it was the play was to the inside, and then he ends up bouncing it to the outside. But Preston just gets completely blown up inside, which leaves Savage and Jair to come up and make a play. Savage gets blocked. Jair doesn't even try. Quay, Quay eventually gets to him, but he just gets dragged into the end zone. So, I mean, I know... The Jair thing is a source of frustration. I don't think he could have stopped Derrick Henry anyways. Sure would have been nice to see him try. I think you've got about a 4% chance Jair stops him, and about a 60% chance Jair gets a concussion or a broken bone or something. So I'm not going to be super mad about it, although I I guess I have to dock him for not trying. And honestly, if he fires in and grabs his ankles, he could have tripped him up. And then then you got Quay who's able to come in and hit him from the other side and probably stop him short of the goal line. So. Yeah, Preston and Jair in particular are probably the two biggest culprits here. Again, maybe Savage. I think uh, Sam had made a comment that he probably could have fired a little quicker. But that's all I got. Uh, The halftime is here. Here is the final results of where everybody's at with the new scoring system. And again, it creates some pretty crazy numbers that I don't like, but it is what it is. In first place, Quay Walker with a 12 after that, Aaron Jones and Aaron Rodgers with four. Christian Watson, uh, David Bakhtiari, Randall Cobb, and Brazil Douglas with three. AJ Dillon, Alan Lazar, Dean Lowry, Kenny Clark, Robert Tunyon, Kingsley and Igbare with two. Adrian Amos, Darnell Savage, Josiah Deguara, Chris Barnes, TJ Slayton with one. John Runyon, Preston Smith, Josh Nyman uh, are at a zero. Elton Jenkins, Jaron Reed, Tyler Davis, negative one. Isaiah McDuffie, Keyshawn Nixon. Ladarius Hamilton, negative two, and then Jair Alexander, Joe Barry, Josh Myers, and Rudy Ford with negative three. Now, these are all different. Some some guys have, for example, Joe Barry has a negative three because of one player. Josh Myers is a negative three after three plays. Uh, one, two, three, four negatives and two positives. But anyways, that's it for today. Uh, we'll do the same thing tomorrow. We'll check out the second half and we'll get a final tally. Folks, have yourselves a fantastic day. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.